Lunchtime Heroes is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh. Superior fresh, salmon as it should be. Volcano produce, erupting with freshness. And produce careers, we are in the people business. Hey, everybody. Good day, good morning, good evening, good night. I don't know what it is, but hey, I'm glad your world is uh, on fire today. Doing well, I hope. I hope 2023 is treating you as good as my hope is for all of you that it is a wonderful start to this year. We are thrilled to have another installment of our Lunchtime Heroes program with our friends in collaboration with the Chef Ann Foundation. We are just so stoked to talk about this subject matter. And I have a friend of mine today that's hanging out with me, who we have a little connection with back in the days of Mother's Markets, back... Uh, you know, like two weeks ago. Let's go. We won't date ourselves. We'll say like two weeks ago. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, I'm super excited about this conversation. You all know that we've had a few of them. We're going to continue having more of them because it's such an important topic. And I've got somebody here that's going to share with you her journey and what they're doing at their school. So please welcome my friend Kat, who's the director of food and nutritional services at the Tahoe Truckee Unified School District to Lunchtime Heroes. Welcome, my friend. I'm glad Thank you're here. You. Oh, I'm honored to be here. I love your show. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, that, that means the world to me. And we are so excited to bring these stories to the forefront for people because, you know, I were talking about this before we got rolling a little bit today. You know, it is so important that we take a moment, stop and pause and recognize all the positive changes that we can put into this planet by better feeding our children through the school system and what that means, whether it's, it's environmental health, it's their physical health, it's their mental health, it's their attendance, it's a great, all of these things circulate around that food. And when kids get their last meal on a Friday and they don't get a good one again until Monday morning when they come back, I think it's so important to keep elevating these conversations. So it's an honor to have you here. I can't wait to dive in and get into what you all are doing up at Tahoe. By the way, you got a little snow up there. I'm guessing you got bit. a little touch of snow. A, a touch? A little bit. <laughs> yeah, a touch of snow right now. Three feet just yesterday. But yeah, we haven't exactly. Had, we haven't had a stop in snow or rain, I mean, since the beginning of December. Got to love it. And if California could just figure out how to capture it all, we'd all be in better shape. But that's another subject for another show. <laughs> Let's get rolling on this because, again, you know, I get so fired up about this subject and every guest we have just inspires me. And I know that we're going to be on that same exact trail together. So if you wouldn't mind, just give everybody a little 401 about what your role is up in, up in Tahoe and what you're doing. Sure. Uh, I'm the director here at food, uh, for Food and Nutrition. I'm also a culinary dietitian. Um, before here, I, I kind of worked more in public health and nutrition education in schools, but always tied to school food service um, because it was so important to me in terms of what we're offering kids, sure. um, also what we're teaching kids. So if if you're in fourth grade and you're learning, you need to eat your fruits and vegetables, but you didn't see fruits and vegetables and the lunch line, uh, we got a problem here, you know? Uh, so two plus two is four, not five. So we wanna make sure we're, we are really modeling what we're saying um, for kids. So that's my main reason why I came here 10 years ago. I was hired specifically to move our operations from what we call heat and serve you know, everything's prepackaged, ready-made process, ready to go. And it's pretty much just heated up in the ovens or warmers at the site and provided mm -hmm. to students to full scratch cooking. And, and uh, it's been the time of my life, really the best 10 years in my career, uh, because we have such a supportive community, board and superintendent. Um, so oh. that, a, a lot of that really impacts what you can do in school food service is is your administrative body and who can help you um, 
parents, students, who's involved, and more than anyone, the partners, the partners who are there. Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I mean, that's really my role is I'm, I'm kind of like the negotiator, bring on more partners, the convincer, the motivator, you know, I, I'm kind of the behind the scenes person, person to say, what do you need to make this happen? You know, because the real heroes are all of our staff and our ladies. Right now, we have, we don't have any males in our department. I, it's not by any doing. It's just the nature of the job, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, they really make it happen every single day. Um, yeah. And it's amazing what they do, Todd. So one of these days, you'll have to come up here and we will have lunch for you ready. Done. I, I never pass up an invitation for that. I have no problem. And, and quite frankly, for those who have never been, if you've never been to Tahoe or seen Lake Tahoe in person, paradise. it's a bucket list place to go. It's Absolutely. pretty impressive. It's pretty impressive. It's so, really fortunate. Yeah, it's beautiful. So how many kids are you feeding? You know, a day, a week, year, whatever. How many, how many so kids are running through? So we are a district of, um, we're, we're big geographically. We're 723 square miles. Wow. Three counties, Placer, Nevada, and El Dorado, that our schools encompass. And mm -hmm. we're about 4,200 students. So we're pretty small and we are considered rural. Um, and 75% uh, of our population is bused to schools. Uh, so that's pretty tremendous. Um, but we're feeding on average about 2,200 to 2,400 kiddos a day. Um, and roughly about 11,000 meals a week and 72,000 oh. meals a month. That's wow. a 50% jump since 2019, before the pandemic and before California Universal Meals. Huge. Wow. It has been tremendous. And our our uh, enrollment has not changed in 10 years, maybe 25, 50 here and there, but we're not seeing significant um, reduction enrollment like most California districts are. Well. You know, if, you, if you're going to be stuck living in California, Tahoe doesn't suck, right? It's true. It's true. <laughs> it's really expensive here. We're actually yeah. more expensive than the Bay Area. Yeah. Um, there, you can't build here. There's a lot of moratoriums, you know, yeah. so so we struggle with that. But uh, definitely we're, we have a big, big increase. I love it. So talk to me a little bit about the money that you that you're spending right now. So I want people, I think it's really important that, that this is, I think, a really key question I've asked everybody. It's like, how much money? Do you have to spend? And I think when you, when people and I want people to hear this because it's like what? Yeah, well, <laughs> I can't. How much? Well, you know, we're we're actually we're in a better spot. Could we be even better? Absolutely. We're not a restaurant. We right. don't get to charge our customers, you know, three times on the return to make sure we make a profit. Um, our reimbursement increased uh, thanks to Gap, uh, Governor Newsom and the legislator for universal meals and, and, and taxpayers like you guys um, and ourselves where we get about $5 and uh, 25 cents per lunch. And we get $3 and 56 cents per breakfast at school sites that are 60% or more free and reduced. They meet a right. threshold. Um, that's pretty significant where most, most states who don't have universal meals went back to the federal rate at just above $4 per lunch. And with inflation, it is, we immediately see our revenue chewed up. Sure. No pun intended. And uh, because of inflation, I mean, the, the cost of milk, supplies, foil, foil alone has been 
astronomical, which we use a lot of. Um, but we're we're spending quite a bit. We're spending as much as we're seeing come in. Uh, but we are operating in the black for the first time. Uh, <clears throat> in the past three and a half years, we've been operating in the black because of these increase in reimbursements. Right. And a place right. like Tahoe, many families, the cost of living is higher. So income and wages are higher, but there, many families barely qualify for reduced. But the cost of living is so high, sure, not reflect the national income guidelines that the USA sets for us. And that's a big reason why we saw a big jump. Right, and, and at that dollar amount, that five dollar plus dollar amount, I, I want people to be mindful that that's electricity, Everything. spoons, yes. forks, knives, plates, staff. people, staff. Yes. All of it is under that. So when you start to back that out, it's not $5 worth of food. Let's be honest. No, 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 not at all. In addition to that, um, in order to scratch cook, you need to offer a livable wage and full-time work. Sure. We have one part-time position open right now. That's it. All of our positions are full-time. And that's something we worked really hard in the last decade to because if we want to have a commitment to fresh farm to school meals every single day, you need a team that is trained, committed, and career focused. This is yep. a career option um, where many people see us as lunch ladies. And, you know, as endearing as that can be, it can also be degrading uh, where women are not paid the same wage as a male um, <clears throat> food service employee or a chef who sure. can be male. Uh, and so it's really important for us that we elevate the status of our staff. They are all chefs. All of our staff come from back of house restaurants. They were sous chefs. Uh, they've all learned through the ranks and experience. Um, wow. and, and so that's where a lot of our costs goes to is labor and also mm -hmm. benefits. You know, our retirement is not cheap. No. So, so, but again, you peel back that, that $5 bill, right. And it's a big, it's, it's just, I think it's so important that people grasp that. Yeah. Right. Right. And we're not hiring, um, you know, high school students. We're, we're not hiring folks who are inexperienced. We're hiring folks who really know what they're doing in the kitchen because quality matters, nutrition matters, and that's what you need um, in the kitchen. And if we do hire someone who's inexperienced, um, they're they're being trained by folks who have experience who are chefs. Absolutely. Well, you're not. Hey, look, we're not microwaving anymore like it was when I was in school, right? It's just not the case. We're not heat and serve, right? And that's to your point. You yeah. know, it, it, it's you've gone from airplane food to actually sitting down and providing an environment for kids to be nurtured and educated and informed about what food actually is and what it means to them the whole nine yards. To your point, if you're going to teach them about apples, you know, fruits and veggies, and you don't have any kind of goes against the grain a little bit, but I think it's just so relevant that people understand that that $5 is really not $5. Let's be clear. Yeah. No. Uh, so I, I think this is really, and I think to put it to perspective because you've been there, you know, you've got some tenure there. Now you've got perspective from where you were to where you are and you can, and I'm sure your level of excitement today is a little different than your level was back then. You know, mm -hmm. like you're probably more, I would imagine you're probably more encouraged and more Absolutely. motivated today than ever before. So talk to me, if you wouldn't mind, about some of the changes that you've made to the food program. And then I'll throw a second question on that as we kind of get into it is, is, is how hard were those changes to make when you reflect back? You know, um, 
I'm going to start with the challenges. And Go. From there, I think the biggest challenge was um, finding staff, motivating our staff. When mm. I came on, came on our staff, they were pretty, pretty beat up. You know, the the community members weren't educated on what needed to happen to get from point A to point B. All, all parents really knew at that time as they're coming to board meetings, they were very vocal and, um, and, and, and they had every right to say, hey, I don't want cinnamon buns in the morning for my kid. We need protein, healthy proteins for breakfast, for example. You know, no more chocolate milk for breakfast at the elementary level. Um, you know, these were some of the, some of the, the um, issues that came forth. And the food service staff was taking it personal and taking the brunt. When I came on board, it was a very broken team. Um, and so building our team up, building their confidence, um, bringing back their expertise to the table and making sure they're the voice leading the change was really important. And that that was the hardest challenge. Yeah. Um, and then from their infrastructure, where are we going to house all the fresh produce <laughs> and um, bulk raw meat, uh, you know, that we're getting? And, you know, a, a lot of that um, also was dependent on uh, warehouse space. Each We're very fortunate. Every school site has a kitchen, a full kitchen. Oh, wow. That's a big deal. A lot of schools don't. A lot of schools are just, they're kind of like the, um, closet. almost like a little bit best perspective, maybe like a studio apartment versus a house type perspective where oh, you've got, sure. yeah, yeah, you can do this. You can do that, but you can't do all this uh, as well. Absolutely. And then yeah. you have health department regulations based on your space. And so we, we were really fortunate where infrastructure was, we, we need to add and, and build up and replace old equipment. Um, and our staff just went to work and, and, they did an incredible job. So we went from uh, frozen burritos to making our own burritos, uh, whether they're beef, bean and cheese. We also brought in salad bars. Thanks to the Chef Ann Foundation and the Whole Food Foundation, in 2012, we received 12 salad bars from their grants. Uh, and they're all well used today. Um, we have brought in a sustainability program that is really something we're proud of. Uh, we received... Um, the highest level, uh, the U.S. Department of Education Green Ribbon Award in 2018, along with our partners, um, based on all the changes we've done district-wide, including using reusable trays, forks and spoons, reusable. This year, we launched four milk dispensers at four schools. The kids love the milk. It's cold. It's fresh. You don't have the stinky smell of the carton, you know, um, and spoiled milk smells on the carton. So these these have been some big changes we've made. We buy bulk, Todd. Um, yeah. We have ketchup dispensers. We don't have ketchup packets. Uh, no mustard packets. Uh, everything in our salad bar is bulk. We we try to stay away from prepackaged containers. Although there's a benefit to that, it moves the line faster because mm. one of the big challenges we still have, especially with increased participation, is we don't have enough time to eat, to serve kids, give them a chance to choose their food, sit down and eat. And so those are things that we're, we're working away, California and nationwide um, as operators. I love, you know, I, I love this question and I'm going to throw it at you right now. Are the kids sitting in the cafeteria longer today than they did when you started there with their lunches? Are they having an experience every day where they're actually, they're wanting to eat their food, therefore they're talking to their peers 
Oh, and sure. it becomes an experience as opposed Absolutely. to like grab that, grab that crappy slice of pizza, go out to the yard, throw it away and go play. Right. I mean, truthfully, that's what it was when I was a kid. I remember that. Yes. And, you know, and some things um, for us, it's kind of the opposite dilemma. They don't have enough time. They want to talk with their kids and um, with their, with their peers, peers. right. But they just, yeah. have to, by the time they sit down, it's ready to go on to either class or school uh, uh, or recess because some of our schools are, uh, recess before lunch, which is tremendous. They mm. tend to eat better when they get all their jitters out and excitement and they go play and they build their appetite even more and they come in and have lunch. Um, and so that's really beneficial. But um, what we see is when we don't do enough promotions and education around something new mm-hmm. um, that's freshly made, sometimes it, it tanks. Um, so it we need to do a little bit more marketing and education around our scratch made meals that might be new for them, like euros, for example, <laughs> you know, right. and we did a lot more education around that. Some of the kiddos were like, I don't know what this is. I don't know how to make um, a euro. And we're like, it's like a taco, you know, <laughs> you know, right. your pita bread, put your euro in there and, and the fresh made sauce that we made with Greek yogurt. Amazing. Um, and then we, we saw a lot of kiddos who liked it. Um, we make pozole, our soups, um, tacos, our pastas. Um, we do a lot of plant-based menu items where the kids are, are enjoying. Um, but the biggest challenge, and to answer your question, is I don't think mm-hmm. they have more time. Mm. Because now at 60% increased participation, our cafeterias are packed. It's a good, yeah. good thing, you know, but uh, but we just need more time to allow them to to. Uh, to sit down and eat. You know, that's a fascinating angle to take. And I've not heard anybody say that yet. And I think about my question that I threw at you and I think about your response right now and think, man, why wouldn't we, why wouldn't we figure out how to add 10 minutes to lunch? If you're, yeah, 15, I mean, what are we really talking about? We're talking about 10 minutes. Is going to make a big deal at the end of the day? No, but the experience that they had, the food they're eating, the process, because one of the things that I've heard from everybody that we've talked to to this point, and I'm going to imagine it goes back to my question is that, kids are more relaxed in the cafeteria because they're enjoying their experience. They're enjoying their food. They're also enjoying their friends and they're learning, you know, so much is, let's be honest, so much of what we learn at school is in the cafeteria and on the playground. (laughs) It truthfully is right. It's where these little kiddos learn how to deal with life and life's challenges and the people that are challenges in their lives, right? Your, your, your first mean boss may be the, you know, somebody that's got the ball, right. That you want. I mean, it's, it's a part of life, right? So to create that experience, I would have to say, if it was a takeaway that you said so far to me, it's just like, all right, let's find 10 minutes for these kids because it's winning because so when you think about, you know, the, the, the changes that you've done and we go back to the original question of, Hey, that's $5 and change per meal. Yes. How has this impacted your budget? I mean, it's got to be hard to, to, to break even to make money. Like you said, talk about being in the black and, and how you're going to do it and everything else. Can you talk a little bit about that and, and maybe how that's affected? Yeah, before the pandemic and before Universal Meals, we struggled because we want to maintain the standard that we were working towards. Full-time staff, fresh made mm-hmm. meals, scratch cooked meals were cheaper before the pandemic. You know, now with inflation, everything, grain, meat, everything's so expensive um, that it's eating away at our revenue. Um, however, um, we're, we're really happy with universal meals. And I hope that either the feds, USDA, um, you know, somehow it gets approved through Congress um, 
We go year after year. We go to Washington. We're, we're going to be going again in March as the California School Nutrition Association and many other organizations who've worked really hard, including Shephan, um, yeah. encourage universal meals because that increase, it's 89 cents for California um, per free meal. It is a tremendous impact for us. And it bumped us into the black because more kids are eating because it's free. And also our reimbursement is, is really helping us with inflation. Um, in, uh, the inflation in, our economy, sure. Economy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, so we're seeing that a tremendous impact. I love that. And, and this, the state and the feds and stuff, I mean, do they really have a big say in what you can and can't do at this point? I mean, you're, you're, you're in the, you're in the financial guideline and you're doing, I mean, obviously if you were just serving Snicker bars and Dr. Pepper, it might be a problem, but do they have much, you know, impact on what you say and what you can buy? Absolutely. We have procurement standards, which we're audited on um, and we have to maintain and follow a free and fair market. So we, we need to go to bid. We have to allow all businesses, small, medium, large to have an opportunity to, bid on our products or actually come in and say, hey, I have a great uh, bread company. You know, I want to compete with uh, the Sarah Lees of the world. And I'm a little guy. Uh, I want to come in and, and compete and I can offer this to you. So we have guidelines A to Z, Todd. I mean, in procurement, yeah. also what we can serve, calories, total, total fat, saturated fat, sodium, um, protein. And now there's talks about sugar. Uh, that might be added to that. And um, those nutrition standards are important. And I, I think that we need to have them. We also have produce standards. Every mm -hmm. week we have eight different produce guide categories, red, orange vegetables, purple, blue vegetables. It can't just be French fries every day. Um, and so definitely the feds and the state, in fact, California is one of the strictest or the most nutritionally advanced, I would say, in terms of um, our impact in school meal programs. Yeah. And additionally, when I started, we also made nutrition standards around ingredients. We don't want high fructose corn syrup. We didn't want any added colors. We didn't want ingredients in, in products that we didn't make and that we didn't understand or we knew impacted kids or the environment negatively. So we still have those standards as a district and many do as well. And yeah, as you said at the beginning, I am way more excited now than when I started in, in this business because there has been such a tremendous focus um, and support around it, you know, uh, in, around improving school meals and giving support to operators like us um, mm -hmm. in terms of bringing that to students. Uh, it's, it's absolutely amazing. And, you know, when you talk about sugar and salt and proteins and calories and all these other things, fats and the whole nine yards, based upon what you're doing, you have to be crushing it right now because you take so much of that process negativity out of the equation, right? Yeah. When you, when, because, you know, let, let's be honest and I'll, I'll say it to, you know, whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll take the hit in the emails, the big three sugar, salt, fat, that's something that just reeks into our supply of food, right? Because those yeah. are the craving buttons, right? How do we, how do we, how do we flip that craving switch on you? How do we get you to say, Ooh, that tasted good. I need 50 more of those. And right. you're turning that away from these kids, which is so powerful because you're turning them on to actual real food flavor. And you know, what does a bell pepper really taste like? Right. You know, what is, what is a true, what is a true potato, not a potato chip or a French, but what does a true right. potato taste? I think that's so powerful. 
Absolutely, Todd. And you know, you kind of hit the head with um, sugar, salt, and fat. You know, our biggest subsidies from, from the USDA is sugar, salt, and fat. <laughs> fat yeah. and, and what we call specialty crops in California, nuts, fresh produce, you know, we're like the salad bowl of the nation. Sure. It is not subsidized. So there's no incentive to really grow. And if if right now all of the rains that you're seeing in Central California, um, it is impacting my ability to get oranges, mandarins, kiwis, you know, harvest is being impacted for sure. locally grown food or California grown food. But yet my ability to get highly processed grains and meats, no, no problem because they have the added added financial incentive to get bigger, make more and produce more. And imagine if we diverted some of that to specialty crops, cheaper strawberries, better wages for the growers and the farmers and those who actually harvest um, and reduced our impact on these horrible subsidies that um, really produce poor nutritional rich foods. Yeah, well, it's it's bad policy. It's bad policy from the past that we've got to correct, right? I mean, it, it is the, the snack. The snack food industry is is truly comes out of a farm bill from you know, and and I get why and I see why, but at the end of the day, it's like, all right, well, you did that, but is that the right thing to continue doing? Right. So yeah, I and yeah, double taxing people. Yeah. double tax. I'm paying taxes to produce it, and then I'm paying uh, you know a rate to get it, and and it's 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 absurd. So yeah. uh, those are things that could help fund universal meals as well as, as, as the child nutrition bill is in the farm bill. Yeah, it is. I love the fact, what a great seed you just planted for people to hear around this country and around, you know, around the globe and, and that are listening to us and what we do. And I think it's really important that, that your point is so valid that we got to start to ask, we got to ask deeper, the, the deep, dark questions need to be asked. The, why do we do this? What is the benefit of doing this? Right? Like I understand the benefit over here, of why we put these policies in place, we're uplifting farmers. I get all that, but what is it really the benefit of that decision downstream to our kids, to our health, to our planet, to all these different things that we're now so you know we're really talking about? That connection needs to be made, and those policies and those things need to be talked about and changed for the future. Bottom line, absolutely. And local growers then will have a steady uh, crop plan, and they will be able to plan and harvest. And it will be cheaper for us up in the mountains. My produce, organic produce, is cheaper than the conventional one that we get. Thanks to our food hub. We have an amazing food hub called Taro Food Hub, yeah. who has been our partner since I got here. They started around 2012 when I was hired. And together we have grown this month organic blood oranges, mandarins. Although those I couldn't order any more for next week because the rains. Um, yeah, a little tough. Uh, Right. But we had organic beets earlier. If more, if we ate in season and we gave the smaller growers, local growers, a chance to compete, they don't even have a chance to compete. When you look at school food service in terms of our volume and what we need. Um, mm-hmm. So policy does drive a lot of what we do. And it's really important that we get more people involved in that conversation. Hundred percent. It's exactly why we're doing this show. It's exactly why I believe this yeah. is such an important yeah. issue, and, and and a mountain that I'm willing to fight and die on is to right. continue this conversation around how important it is to schools. You talked about the fact that you've seen a sixty percent increase in what what these kiddos are doing every day. Can you share with me a little bit if something pops in your head 
about how these kids are responding. Cause you're getting, you know, kids are flipping over every however many years at each school, whatever it is. But when you talk to them or you hear back to them, can you share a little bit about what they share with you about what they're eating? Absolutely. I'm going to do a shameless plug. Go. Our, our Instagram, <laughs> you'll see some of the letters that we got from students, um, you know, organic tomatoes versus one that's been sitting on a truck, frozen, thawed, put back in the refrigerator and stored for two weeks. Um, they share with us that the taste is different and they really enjoy it and love it. And yeah. they love having choice. So we, we are truly inviting them to a restaurant environment, not an institutional type of um, uh, environment where they don't have a choice with the salad bars. So they're making these great salads every day. They're making, they, they're making what they want. I'll tell you, croutons, jalapenos are still top of the list <laughs> and sunflower seeds, but there's still some, I see their plates. They're taking the spinach. We make fresh buttermilk ranch dressing. It's delicious. And uh, they add that, uh, some students of that, or they just want like, fresh lemon on the side. Um, so our burgers, we use organic regenerative beef from Richard's Ranch down the hill at Grass Valley. Amazing. Mm -hmm. A world of difference compared to our other beef patties that we've had in the past. And we saw a spike in Burger Day um, just for that reason, because it actually tastes better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and um, and milk, our milk dispensers, I have not gotten as much uh, response as I had in anything else in the past, um, including our breakfast muffins. We have 12 recipes and the chocolate beet muffin is the best number one seller for breakfast. And it's it's a cocoa powder. It's not added sugar. Right. Uh, and they love that. Um, but the milk dispensers, I can't believe how much milk we don't waste anymore. Our volume in terms of liquid waste has gone down and our our uh, increase in milk consumption for white is up. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, you brought up such a good point earlier. I mean, I can, you know, let's face it. A little spilt milk on a milk carton is funky after a couple Horrible. of days. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's awful. Well, and we don't, straws. we don't offer straws because we're sustainable here. Sure. And so, you know, drinking out of the carton was horrible. So, yeah, no, I, I think it's, I, I mean, I, you said something I think is so powerful and I, and I want to, I want to emphasize this back to everyone's listening. The kids have a choice, which means they are making food choices in first grade, fourth grade, seventh grade, ninth, whatever it is. And that is so powerful because the yeah. choices that you're allowing them to make, right, which allows their brains to grow, right, allows them to be their own person in, in, in some significant way, is going to affect the choices they make as adults and the way they spend their food dollars and what they decide to eat. And to your point, to have a, 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 a muffin with beets and chocolate as a winning combination. I guarantee you there's parents out here going, I never thought even once a kid would consider a beet chocolate muffin, but it works, right? And it works. And by a 60% increase, it's exactly that. And so I, I frame that all up and come back around what you had to say, because my next question I think is one of them is so powerful. Talk to me a little bit about what you're seeing about any kind of feedback on the physical or mental or behavioral improvements with these kids, um, because it has to exist. Just, just in the lunchroom itself, it has to exist. I have to say um, credit goes to our our principals and teachers. They're very involved with our students, especially at lunch, at lunchtime. You walk into our, any of our cafeterias mm -hmm. and it is calm. Teachers are there supporting their students. 
they come in and teachers are also encouraging kids to eat our meals, which is very important. I have worked in school district where that's not the case. Right. Maybe the meals were not up to par, right? And and changes needed to be made. And so we're very grateful for that partnership and support. Um, and anecdotally, you know, I'm not, I don't have any research to, re- to support this, but observations and feedback that I get from colleagues and from our staff, we see kids slowly coming down off the COVID mental impact, right? That was, mm. We saw a lot of that and we're still seeing that in schools um, where, where we need a lot of mental health and support. But taking the stress off a family of every day, offering a lunch, and I guarantee you it's going to be more than $5 if you're meeting all of our meal pattern requirements, right? vitamin A, D, iron, and calcium, uh, take that stress off a family that's struggling. And now meals are free. There's no stigma because everyone can get it and have it like they did before, but there was always kind of a stigma still. And that's the stress off kids to say, hey, are you going to go get lunch? Why not? It's free. It's for every, you know, that's been tremendous. And it's one less worry for kids. Hey, I've got this cheese stick or I've got um, my tamale that, you know, I couldn't eat at lunch, but I'm going to have it at my next class because I have time to eat there. Um, It'll be great, you know, and and guess what? I have more energy to maintain and go throughout the day. That's the feedback I'm getting from kids. And that's after, so so powerful. Oh yeah. And we do taste tests in the cafeterias, um, in the cafeteria, and the kids love it and they wanna they wanna learn to cook. They wanna go in the kitchen. They they wanna become a culinary expert. And so we're inspiring kiddos as well. So I love it. Well, so flip flip side to that question, what are you hearing from the parents? Oh, they love it. I mean, I, we're I mean, they are so grateful and thankful, um, especially of our staff who spend every single day making sure that they're on time. <laughs> when the lunch, you know, you've got 300 kids, you've got to feed in 18 minutes. You want to keep the food hot and fresh and present it well. And you still want to offer a choice, right? Um, so they do a tremendous job and, and parents are really, really thankful, especially for universal meals. Yeah, I mean- one area that we really, really need help with is sequenced or sequential nutrition education, meaning mm-hmm. from the minute you enter public school to the minute you graduate and become a productive citizen, you know what, how, and why to eat the foods that you're presented. And when you go off to college or anywhere else as an adult, you know how to shop and cook for yourself or your family. And we don't have that in California or anywhere, uh, as as far as I know, uh, across the states. Mm -hmm. Nutrition education, like we have science, reading, and math, every every grade level, not skipped and, and taught by teachers in terms of nutrition, food systems, why organic is better for the environment, so on and so forth. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and you know, you're seeing it now in some of the universities. Uh, my friends at at, uh, at UMass and Amherst have one of the most amazing, number one rated college dining system in the country year after year after year. And it's your exact point. These kids are getting a great education of what food is. A lot of them didn't understand what food was until they got there. But to your point, yeah. if we could get this dialed in to where we continue moving forward, that all of a sudden it's just the norm 
that right. fruits and vegetables and grains and legumes and, 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 and proper proteins are a part of our food vernacular going forward. Right. The, the, the amount of power that that has, I don't even know how you could measure it at this point, but I believe fully in my heart of hearts, the amount of power that we possess to change things, our health, our healthcare costs, all of these things, the, whatever you want to say, is, is unlimited potential for, for success if we can get to exact point. Let's start teaching these kids exactly what's right with their food. Love tater tots. It is not a staple. Yes, right. I mean, come on. I mean, right. it's just not. Yeah. Right. So, so what's next for you guys? What's anything exciting coming up and any programs, anything you're going to try? You got some, you know, some Baba Ganoush you're going to whip on these kids. I guess <laughs> not see coming. What do you got? We, um, we are really ramping up our plant-based menu options. We have stir-fried tofu on the menu. We have, um, a tofu tacos, a tofu, tofu crumble tacos, um, and really honing in Tofu is is like any other meat. It's about seasoning and how you cook it or sure. bake. And so we're we're adjusting, uh, you know, our methods and working those things out, and just bringing some more plant based options and teaching around that and making mm-hmm. sure that it 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 can it can compete with the pizzas and the burgers on the menu. Um, also, we're really excited um, with our partner Tahoe Food Hub. We received. Um, one of um, one of the uh, California Department of uh, uh, Food and Ag Farm to School grants that will start this April for two years, which will really drive um, a lot of our farm to school practices. Um, it will bring farmers to the classroom. It will take kiddos down to the farms where their produce is coming from. It will uh, help uh, build out a culinary. Uh, demonstration kitchen at our regional park through Tahoe Food Hub, where mm-hmm. our students can go and um, learn how where their food is growing and also cook it um, in addition to our kitchens. So we're really excited about launch, launching that grant. Uh, congratulations. Go, thank girl, go. You. Thank go. you. Thank you so you, much. You, no, thank you. Thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing with everybody what's going on and helping us drive this message of positivity and and. And I don't, I say this and I don't say it lightly. It's a big lift. It's a big change, but it is doable. You've proven it. And other districts that have been on here that have shared with, whether it be in Minneapolis or whether it be over in the Central Coast, you guys are proving it. You're making it happen. The example's there. I would encourage everybody, as I often do, to, to ask yourself, what is my kid eating at school? Do I know? How involved am I in that? Are they eating what I'm feeding them at home? If, you, if you're believing in the things, you know, to your point, if you're dealing with regenerative ag, you're dealing with organics, you're dealing with more plant-based, whatever it might be. Is that the way they're eating at school? Are you reinforcing what you're teaching or are you helping reinforce what they're being taught? I think that's a powerful thing we all need to lean into on this topic. Absolutely. I really yeah. thank you, Todd. This has been amazing. And I'm I'm looking forward to your next podcast because they're really interesting and um, really, really is, is needed for our food systems to really make a change um, and make that tipping point where it's easy to access and make these items that we're doing on our menus. I 100% agree. It's, it's, it's truly an honor to be able to do this. This is, you know, I'm going to put this down as one of my top good ideas I've had in my career. <laughs> I really love it. I really love, I love talking to folks like you because it's so inspiring. And I talk about that all the time in this broadcast and people know I sign off every time about go inspire somebody, right? Find a way, saying hello to somebody can be a source of inspiration. You do not know what somebody's day is like unless you are in their shoes. And so it's incredibly important that we try to inspire people. And it's really important that we inspire these, inspire these kids through food. Yes, 100%.
you know? So thank you for being here. You're welcome back. We're going to get an update from you. We want to know more. You're always, you know how to find me and track me down. Okay. Get under Instagram. What's your Instagram handle, by the way? Do you know it off the top of your head? Yeah, it's at TTUSD food. All right. We're going to put that, we'll put that up on the broadcast yeah, and our notes and stuff you. so people can see it. Get on there, find those letters. I'm telling you, this is real kids. This is real. Everybody, thanks for listening. We appreciate you being here. Much love to you, Kat. Much love to what your staff and what you're doing. I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Chef Fan Foundation. And I don't know, you're from another planet. You're amazing. I love you too. You're amazing what you do and what you say and how you carry, you know, the organization and what you all are about. It's so powerful. Folks, I say it all the time and I believe it. Go inspire people. Get involved in school nutrition. Ask questions of what's going on. Whether you have a kid or not, they're down the street. Maybe the school's down the street. You don't have any kids anymore. You can still get involved and ask those questions, right? Let's make it matter. We can change a lot of things on this planet through school nutrition. I firmly believe that. So thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. Check us out on social media, TLC underscore conversations. We hang out there because that's where the cool kids are. And, you know, I'm trying to be more popular. That's all I go there for. I really, it's just an ego boost. I could care less truthfully. No, I'm teasing. I go there because the Kardashians are. Thanks for being here, everybody. I appreciate you. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.